The best possible scenario, I think, for people is to figure out how to eat organically, essentially for the same price as conventional, which I think is totally possible if you're smart and scrappy about it. The way that I approach it is that when I go to the grocery store, I am looking for whatever organic foods are on sale. And often when they're on sale, they are the same or lower price than the conventional food. I'm Ben Grenell, part of the early startup team here at Levels. We're building tech that helps people to understand their metabolic health, and this is your front row seat to everything we do. This is a whole new level. Often food is talked about in absolutes. Only eat this, never eat that. Well, one thing that we do is we never wanna be prescriptive about exactly what a person should and shouldn't eat. Diet is very personalized and it depends on the individual. What we do know is that people should avoid things like highly processed foods. There's no denying that. When it comes to eating well though, there are things that fall into the category of whole foods or real foods, that being meat or vegetables, fruit, that are okay to eat, but you often hear advice from people and they say, you should definitely avoid that. Well, Dr. Casey Means, Chief Medical Officer and Co-Founder of Levels, she and I sat down and we debunked some of these things. And as much as this is not meant to be prescriptive advice, it's very much her perspective on whether or not you should or shouldn't eat things. We had fun with it and we called it eat or pass. We wanted to dig into some of these ideas of things like roasted pumpkin seeds versus raw ones, things like farm salmon versus wild caught, and even some of the insights around the dirty dozen versus the clean 15, that being the fruits and vegetables that people should eat and they should avoid. We really wanted to provide more insight around whether or not it's okay for people to eat things. And the takeaway is in many cases, it's okay to eat a lot of things that people say don't eat at all when it comes to whole food, but there's always better alternatives. The idea is to not talk about things in absolutes. The idea is to provide more insight around some of the thoughts when people can start to change their diet and lifestyle habits to optimize their metabolic health. Here's where we kick things off. So, pumpkin seeds, right? Seeds, nuts in general. We know that seeds and nuts, especially something like pumpkin seeds are high in magnesium. We know they're good for you. But then you get into this scenario of, well, what happens if you eat roasted? And I'm not talking about flavored and like barbecue flavor. Like that's just like, yeah, don't eat that. But you get into like roasted pumpkin seeds that are salted and you look on the back and it's like, hmm, roasted in a seed oil. Is it eat or pass? Like, is the net benefit of eating pumpkin seeds higher or is it like, no, avoid them. They're in roasted in seed oil. What's your hot take? Okay. Hot take is that we really rarely want to ever eat seed oils that have been cooked at high temperatures or really ever. We know they have omega-6 fats. We know that high heat during roasting can actually make those fats more damaging, create more oxidative stress in the body. So as you said, raw, unroasted, always better. If you are on a road trip in an airport, in a gas station, and 
there are literally no options of what to eat. And it's the option between like chips or cookies or roasted salted pumpkin seeds. I'd say go for the pumpkin Mm. seeds. You're going to get more nutrients with something like pumpkin seeds because you're going to get the magnesium and all the other minerals that are in those seeds. Whereas in the cookies or the chips, you're still going to get those refined seed oils that have been heated but you're not going to get nearly as many nutrients. So it's probably a better option, but definitely unroasted is the way to go. And if you only like them roasted, something you can do at home is actually roast them at a much lower heat for a little bit of a longer time. And so that's one option. Pass if you have the option of raw versus roasted in a seed oil. Eat if the alternative is grabbing a bag of chips. So salmon, next one, this idea of avoid farmed salmon at all costs. We know there are a ton of challenges with that, but I would assume, I would assume that if somebody is on a journey to health and wellness and they're introducing new types of foods into their diet, the alternative being a hungry man freezer dinner is not as good an option as farmed salmon. We know wild caught's better. We know all these things, but What's the hot take on that as far as like, how bad is farmed salmon when you start to talk about optimal being wild caught, farmed being an option? Where does it lie? Like, what's your hot take on that? I think if the decision is between eating an ultra processed microwave meal, like, which is I'm assuming what the hungry man type of meals are, refined grains, ultra processed oils and, uh, cheeses and meats and all of these things, then I think there's no question that farmed salmon is an upgrade from an ultra-processed microwave-type dinner meal. Again, it all comes back to nutrients. While it's not the best choice compared to wild salmon, there still are going to be useful nutrients in that food. There's going to be vitamins and minerals. There's, of course, going to be omega-3 fatty acids. There's even been research showing that people can improve their omega-3 fatty acid levels by eating farmed salmon. It is not the optimal choice. If you can do it, I think the best possible option is if you are going to eat salmon, get a very small amount, a couple ounces of the highest quality salmon, and then fill the rest of your plate with whatever the cheapest organic vegetable you can find is and you know so shift the quantities around a little Mm. bit organic beans are 99 cents a can so supplement where you're going to get some of that protein and from the salmon with beans that are very inexpensive and try some beans a very small amount of wild caught salmon and then whatever the most on sale organic vegetable is and so there are other ways to i think be economical about these things other than just going with the lower quality product. Mm. So it's not a full pass. It's uh, understand that there are some benefits to things like farm salmon, but there are also some challenges, things like higher omega-6, higher environmental toxins, all these things that could go into eating that. And it's again, how often are you eating? And there are all these other factors. Right, so let's go into the last one. This gets thrown around and floated around very often. The dirty dozen versus the clean 15. And again, this is where information can be 
challenging to consume because if you're starting out and you're trying to learn, things get talked about in these absolutes. Avoid the dirty dozen at all costs. Only eat the clean 15, right? But if you look and you start to break down certain things, well, kale and spinach are in the dirty dozen, right? But as far as like having a high glycemic index, they actually don't at all, right? Like it, they're totally fine in that respect. And then you look at the clean 15 and you get something like corn. Well, sure, corn doesn't have as many pesticides and toxins in it. The glucose response from corn, and we're going, we're benchmarking vegetable against vegetable, as opposed to saying something like pineapples in the clean 15. Well, that's also rocket fuel for your glucose levels. So what, what's the hot take on this dirty dozen versus clean 15 when you're thinking about things like kale where people talk about, oh, it's got a high level of arsenic. And then you talk about things like corn where it's like, well, there aren't as many pesticides. What's your thought on those two things? So our ultimate goal is to get as many nutrients as we possibly can into the body to help with our cellular functioning and our optimal health while minimizing the toxic burden in the body. So that's table space. That's what we want to achieve. And toxic burden can certainly come from pesticides. So that's why these lists are really helpful. To make things more complex, we also want to minimize the collateral damage of certain healthy foods. Like most unprocessed plant foods are healthy, but some carry with them some collateral like a really high glucose spike, like with the example that you talked about with corn. So this creates some complexity, but that's just a framing for like what we ultimately want to achieve. Most nutrients, least cattle damage, least environmental toxic burden. So with that, we can start to like really go food by food in these lists. Spinach and kale are incredibly nutrient-dense foods with almost no glucose spike. So it's like check, check, but they're on the dirty dozen. So they have a higher pesticide load. Ultimately, we're trying to minimize our body's total body burden to environmental chemicals that are problematic. So it's kind of about dose and like the dose makes the poison. If we could eat all organic all the time, that's great. But if you're eating non-organic every once in a while, you know, you're out at a restaurant, it's not organic, then I think eating the salad with a ton of spinach and a ton of kale, that's not going to cause permanent long-term damage. We have to think about things cumulatively over time. If I had the choice personally between eating a huge salad of non-organic spinach and kale versus eating two cobs of corn, actually, at this point in my life, I would eat the salad, the non-organic salad, and get all those nutrients from spinach and kale, even though there may be some pesticide burden. And I do what I can to minimize that, like wash the food really well and make sure I'm getting as many other like antioxidants and healthful things on that salad. The best possible scenario, I think, for people is to figure out how to eat organically, essentially for the same price as conventional, which I think is totally possible if you're sort of smart and scrappy about it. The way that I approach it is that when I go to the grocery store, I am looking for whatever organic foods are on sale. And often when they're on sale, they are the same or lower price than the conventional food. And so I'm looking for highly nutrient-dense plant foods with low glycemic impact that are on sale. And what that does for you is that it ends up having you buy things that you might not normally buy, which actually is going to increase the diversity of the food. That's just one sort of like fun tip that I like to give. Another is looking for frozen organic food, which is often cheaper than the fresh version and has just as many nutrients. So 
you can buy a large bag of frozen organic spinach often for $2, $2.50 for like a pound of this. And so that's another way to get those nutrients organically without such a high price tag of the fresh food. So it's definitely important to remember that frozen produce has just as much generally nutritional value as the fresh counterpoint. One other thing to realize on these lists is that there's some trends you'll see. The Dirty Dozen is all things without peels. It's things where the pesticides are going to be sprayed directly on the plant. Mm. And many of the things on the Clean 15 have peels, like melons or onions, papaya, pineapple, avocados, things where like the outer layer basically has to be taken off to eat it. So also use that as a general rule. Lemon is not on the Clean 15, but I'm assuming given how big the rind is, that's one where you might be able to do non-organic and kind of get away with it. And I don't know that for sure, but that's kind of a gestalt that I use. If, it's, if there's an outer coating that I can take off, it's probably safer to eat from the non-organic perspective. 